Let's make sure that Deal Hub has access to our sales team and to our delivery team. And eventually there is a perception of who is that partner. So you want to show everyone that this is going in the right direction. Have an opportunity to present opportunities. And one thing is for sure, it's all about people connecting with people and trusting them. Relationships is the best path to partnership. Welcome to Make Them Famous, the podcast about partner enablement. The only podcast to uncover both how partner teams enable their partners and how other department leaders enable their partner teams to achieve success. All right. Welcome to Make Them Famous. The podcast, hopefully you've gotten to know by now, is very unique in that we like to have almost marriage counseling with relation to partnerships. Not in the negative sense. We like to bring on two partners that may or may not be very, very familiar with one another and uncover what it is that makes them successful. This podcast was recorded at a unique time where we're prepping HubSpot and Salesforce partner tracks, an annual event that we do. Deal Hub is a part of this annual event this year. And representing Deal Hub is Omer Fuchs, VP of Strategic Alliances. Now we're working with Omer to prepare their partner track with the intent of, or Deal Hub's intent, of finding and aligning more solutions partners like the guest on this show. With him is Diana Gonzalez, Senior Channel Manager for Rev Partners, and Robert RevOps Jones, the Sales Director at Rev Partners and uh, part-time comedian, really awesome, funny guy, total character. You'll see him at Inbound wearing an orange suit probably again this year. This type of partnership is one where the agency becomes a power user in the product and become an expert and use it to optimize their own internal operations. Then they roll it out to their clients and the partner team is there to enable and support and communicate and do all the things that helps them roll it out faster to more clients. This is a very different type of relationship you're listening from the e-commerce ecosystems like Shopify, where Shopify isn't used internally to support operations of the agency in the way that a HubSpot is, which means the level of product and partnership synergy can either happen very quickly, you know, light a fuse, so to speak, or it can fall flat and go stale quickly and a good example is, let's say Robert, who's the sales director, has a salesperson on his team that have, have used a product in the past company. That product now wants Rev Partners to become a partner. And Robert goes to his team with the opportunity, maybe even a free account offer from that tech partner. And uh, one or two of his team members have had such a bad experience with the product that they say, no, I'm not using that. And then Robert's in a scenario where, you know, he can't go back to the tech partner with, yeah, let's do this. Of course not. It doesn't matter what they're throwing at him and offering him. If it's not going to get absorbed and used uh, from a team perspective, they cannot and should not be rolling it out to their clients. That's a unique scenario. The big question then becomes, does this type of agency partnership have to start with them using the product internally and become a power user? Yes, no. What sort of scenarios does a non-used or unused, not being used product actually turn into a successful partnership? 
for an agency like this. Then also the subsequent question there is, do you sell them an account? Do you gift them one? How does that initial relationship start? If it starts with, I'm buying an account from you, you know, how does that transition into a partner go-to-market? Very interesting, in my opinion. Uh, in either case, we're going to unpack that and a lot more on this episode. We're going to talk about ideal partner personas for each party, perceptions and expectations from each, uh, the levels of enablement rev partners uh, as a team expect from their partners, what types of communication, frequencies, and when things can break in general, their go-to-market plans, how they transition from usage of a product to a go-to-market, and how they actually roll out a very detailed go-to-market, and expectations, anecdotes, and uh, of course, what it takes for both sides to achieve success. Stay tuned all the way to the end. It gets really interesting in the last few minutes, like most of our podcasts do. But before we get into that, please take three minutes to hear from our lovely sponsors, some technology that you can use to enable your partnership program to achieve success. Well, we could not make this podcast famous without help from our sponsors. For sponsorship, we looked to three platforms that help you find activate, enable, and manage your partner program. These three tools may be the only tools that you'll need to effectively run partnership. The tools in question are Reveal for account mapping and running co-selling operations, Partner Stack for scaling a multi-tiered commission-centric program, and Partner Hub for working closely day-to-day with MSPs, managed service providers. Partner Stack probably needs no in, no introduction, excuse me. They work with top tech companies like Monday.com, Unbounce, Intercom, and Webflow. And it's a company that we recommend when you are ready to scale your commission-centric, usually a multi-tiered partner program. Check out partnerships, I'm sorry, Partner Stack to scale partnerships. Reveal, again, when you're ready to really get into the revenue operation of partnerships. That means that you want to map accounts, see what the overlap is, see who I'm targeting that you're also targeting, see who I'm targeting that you're not targeting, and come up with a strategy to get those accounts into my pipeline, into your pipeline, and to build that pie, that bigger and bigger pie together. Oftentimes, you'll invite a partner to an account mapping solution that has a paywall too early, which is prohibitive for a lot of uh, the target audiences that our partner programs are after, the digital agencies. Uh, If you invite them to reveal, you can trust that they won't hit a paywall. There's 360 account mapping UI in reveal for free, and it is at reveal.co. Finally, Partner Hub. Again, it's a partner operations platform. Partnerships has a lot going on. Who's doing what at what stage in the partnership are the questions that many of my partner managers ask themselves. Partner Hub is here to solve for what are we doing with partnerships? Who's doing what? Where are our partners? And if we need to find more, are we able to go and shop for more partners? Partner Hub answers all of those questions with yes, and it is free. It's free for top tech companies like Apollo, AudioWise, Smith, Growbots, Recart, Customer.io. And it's free for digital agencies like Hawk Media, Trellis, 
aptitude eight, creative trends. A lot of these tech companies and agencies use Partner Hub to find and align with each other. MSP, managed service provider, digital agency, as well as SaaS tech companies. So check it out, partnerhub.app. And again, thank you for listening. I'll let you get back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome to the podcast. To get started, uh, we like to do the boring introductions, but um, Robert, give us the Wikipedia, who you are, who's Rev Partners, and what do you guys do? Yeah, we're an elite tier uh, HubSpot partner, fastest to get to elite ever. That's our kind of our calling card. We do sales hub implementations. Um, we love HubSpot. We think about HubSpot. We like to think more than anyone else. I am a senior channel manager, and I'm also the mayor of Inbound 2022, looking to uh, run for office again this year. I love it. What is mayor of Inbound, for those who don't know? Not like me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm one of those that doesn't know also. It's kind of an unofficial uh, personal brand campaign that just sprung up. So I wore an orange suit. Uh, it was pretty awesome. And uh, that's one of the things I hope to talk about today is kind of sales enablement with branding. But before that, I'm going to pass it over to Diana from our team. I love it, Diana. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I won't be able to top Mayor of Inbound for sure. But yeah, just adding on to what Rob was just saying, we're basically a revenue operations shop and we focus on the sales and service operations within HubSpot. HubSpot is at the core of our service. And um, I am a channel manager for ISV specifically. We work with Deal Hub, which we have Omer here today with us, uh, but also we work with companies like Salesloft, Aircall, and Chili Piper. And um, just uh, as a way of really going to market with some of this like best in class products around uh, the HubSpot sales and service operations. I love it. Nice to, I think this is our first um, recording at least, second call, but we, we've we all just gotten acquainted recently. Omer and I have been working together on partner tracks for a couple of months now, so we've gotten to know each other pretty well. Omer, title, right. role, team. All righty. Hey, great to be here, Alex. Thank you for that. My name is Omer Fuchs. I'm uh leading strategic alliances and partnerships here at DealHub. DealHub is a software vendor. We are uh, the number one solution to get salespeople to do what salespeople need to do. Close business, close deals, easy, fast, without mistakes, without a huge headache. And we enjoy doing that with uh, HubSpot, with the sales hub. We're doing it with uh, actually a lot of uh, CRMs and customers around the world. Um, but uh, currently, this year is the year of HubSpot. We are we are amazed by the growth we have. And uh, Rev Partners was one of the first partners I enjoyed meeting at the last inbound. And I'm uh, very happy to partner with them and uh, with a lot of other HubSpot partners. So that's a really great topic and great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited too. And yeah, I'm going to show your website here just so everyone knows who you are and what you do. So focusing on RevOps as the name implies, uh, but inbound as well, like Robert mentioned, um, HubSpot agencies. Uh, if you aren't familiar, hopefully if you are, if you're listening to this podcast, you should have a, a focus on, on HubSpot. So you should know a little bit about them. Uh, but Robert, tell us real quickly, you know, kind of what you, how you explain the difference between RevOps and inbound and, and where you guys sit, just so we're all on the same page. I'm going to go ahead and, and Diana will answer this after me to add some some better color. But RevOps, I mean, that's what the engine is for your business, the alignment of, uh, and, and to use whichever buzzword we feel most comfortable with, but it's everything being under one roof. That's why we chose HubSpot. You can standardize on that and it's not cobbled together is kind of their saying everything in one spot and kind of aiming towards the same goal. So we focus on that, helping teams to be able to know their numbers, 
um, so they can speak into them and make make changes. One of the ways we do that is by um, being able to integrate instead of just serve as an agency. On the review side, it says Rev Partners, not an agency. Um, so we think of democratizing RevOps, making it accessible to all people, regardless of maturity of their business. And uh, yeah, Diana, jump on top and then let's see what else we have. That's exactly right. Revenue operations is the way in which your marketing, sales, and service or delivery work together to be able to accomplish your revenue goals. Boom. Right. That's Ooh. that's what we're really doing here. <laughs> that's what we're doing here. And that's why we're doing it through HubSpot, because you can have all of your teams within the same place and they're all talking the same language with the same information, being able to really operationalize to get to your revenue goals. Yeah. And for someone like me in between, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like revenue operations. I thought everything was revenue operations as far as an agent you know marketing and sales and all the stuff but when, when the way you described it, i think works really well where it's you know it's the actual execution of it um what happens behind the scenes and how it really is operationalized from a revenue standpoint so works really well and that's why we have deal hub here because deal hub enables revenue operations um let's talk real quickly about how this partnership came to be I think, Omer, you could probably talk to this, but if you need to pass the baton to somebody, how did the partnership come to be? By all means. So here's the thing. I went my first uh, trip to Inbound uh, back in uh, September, which was amazing. It was a huge event. I really enjoyed it. And before I went there, I already started to look at the HubSpot ecosystem and understand who's doing what, who are the leading partners, what's going on. And I scheduled some meetings. And that's how I came to meet the the Rev Partners team that came on on side, Brendan and uh, um, the team that were there, um, and we we hit it off. Right, we had a discussion. We talked about what it is, what it is that we bring to the table, what the Rev Partners team is bringing to the table, and eventually, this is you know uh, this is maybe where partnerships are born. Right, one side might have a great technology and a great solution, and then he needs partners to take it to the market. And I'm so glad that you know Diana just discussed what is RevOps all about, the fact that someone defined it as a profession, the fact that there are partners out there today that really look at this and say, hey, revenue operations is, is an art and customers need to have professionals to take care of their revenue operations. It's not just something that happens. Um, for us, this is um, like a glove to the hand, right? This is perfect because we have a technology, we have a software, but if we have professionals to really bring the best practices and the knowledge and the consultancy on top of it, I think that guarantees um, a long-term value realization and, and a great success with customers. So that was the type of partners I was looking for. Killer, killer. And um, who was the first point of contact at Rev Partners, you guys, that started the relationship? And um, what did you like about it? What was the kind of internal dialogue i guess around this type of technology and uh, did it just kind of unfold organically or was there real intention there i mean talk to me about that yeah so i think from our side the conversation started through the inbound connections that were made but in the background we actually have a whole list of things that we were looking for in terms of partnerships our partnership motion is relatively new and so uh what we thought about was like why do we specifically want to partner with different companies and how, and who are these companies going to be? And so what we found is that HubSpot does a lot of things really, really well. Um, 
but some of the things that they have gaps on are, for example, uh, product pricing and quotes. And so we thought, well, how do we get to a place where we're filling in those gaps and, and we're providing our customers the best possible solution? And that's how we came about the conversations with Deal Hub. And yeah, I think Omer was one of the, was probably the first person that we spoke to in regards to this partnership. And the whole goal here is for us to have a, a product that we know and that we trust that we can tell our customers, yeah, what you have is so complex that it really does not fit within the hotspot realm of possibilities. And you need this tool in order to be able to operate in the best way possible. And, and so really we're, we just, we're very excited about what DealHub is doing. We, we think that it's the best solution out there for quote and products. It has immense flexibility that otherwise they, our clients wouldn't be able to have. Uh, and, and really it, it, it does a lot for our clients actually closing the deals. So that's how it came to be. I, I, I want to jump ahead and say that to your uh, favor to say to Rev Partners, they didn't make it easy on us. Meaning there was uh, a vetting process we had to go through. It was, you know, um, so the, the team at Rev Partners said, yes, we'd like to have a, Rev, a, a CPQ partner. We're looking at a few options. You're one of them. We want to see what it is that you have to offer. And we went ahead through some very deep dive technical sessions until the team at Rev Partners was convinced that we are indeed the best solution. And I'm glad they did. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it's, it, it adds some professional level to the to the beginning of our relationship because it wasn't just a match saying, okay, we connect on a personal level, that's great enough. No, there was some, you know, um, examinations and that's great. Yeah, when we say, you know, best in class or our preferred solution, we wanna make sure that we have something to back that up. And so like when we're saying Deal Hub is the best possible solution for this, it's because we've done a thorough job doing a technical deep dive into what is what we have out there and we narrowed it down to deal hub mm, i love that i love to hear that and uh you mentioned the word trust and you know there's a level of trust in the product which sounds like that's the first level of diligence you want to make sure to thoroughly vet the product and then there's building the trust in the partnership as you guys are doing deals together going to market reciprocities in there enablement all these terms kind of come unfold and then also just trusting the people that you, you know if you're going to refer a client of yours which is super valuable and to all the partner managers listening i think one thing that's tough for the the SaaS partner teams to understand is a client to you could be worth millions of dollars you know on the revenue side a client to deal hub could be worth thousands of dollars in user fees maybe um so it's a different level of like take care of this person and they tend to you know not fully grasp that in general so we hear a lot of horror stories of the uh, passing the deal off and then communication breaks down and all that sorts of stuff so we're going to get into anecdotes and some of the things that um, you guys do with your partners uh, but let's get into uh partnerships and how Deal Hub is structured to enable partners like Rev Partners. Anything unique there, Omer, that you guys are trying to initiate or have initiated with or without Rev Partners? Just some of the things around partner enablement that you guys are, are focused on. 
Well, I think we are taking the 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 most intuitive and relevant first steps in our in in the partnerships world. Uh, eventually, uh, like I said, I think the secret sauce is first of all to qualify the right partners for us. And by the way, this is also a learning process because sometimes you go ahead and you you sign some partnerships and you find out, for example, I can tell you in the HubSpot ecosystem, there are a lot of great agencies there that are great in marketing and they understand marketing from A to Z, but they have little to no experience with sales or RevOps, right? And that's a bit of a different world. So we see different type of, of partners. So the first step is to, to find the right people because one thing is that we don't intend to do, we don't intend to, to teach our partners the art of sales or the art of business operations. They, they should be coming from that, uh, with that expertise from, from their own experience. Uh, so for us, the immediate step is, of course, to share the technology, to teach the technology, to show the capabilities, to do everything we can in order to jointly go to market. And, um, and actually, it doesn't take a lot um, to really create that joint knowledge base that enables us to go back to the market together. So I think that's the first step. And, and afterwards, and that's not less important, but it's more structured, that will be the uh, technical onboarding kind of a knowledge. So how to use, how to take the product and actually onboard a customer and provide ongoing services and consulting. And that's where it becomes a bit more of an academic, like an, a university of how to do CPQ, and really, this is a solution that is configured price and quote, but it's also contract lifecycle management and digital deal rooms and subscription management. There's a lot of knowledge there. So this is the more the heavy lifting, which will come immediately after we have a customer and two customers and three customers, and we do some projects together and we accumulate that important mileage together. So that's kind of where we are, uh, starting with a very light knowledge sharing, sales, referral knowledge, go to market together. and uh, shifting into the heavier uh, on-the-job technical training for consultants and implementation experts. Killer. And Robert, I was just about to send you a chat here, if you don't mind. Any comments on uh, the two sides of that conversation, expectations of the partnership and expectations around enablement from DealHub? So you're getting into this partnership. You've got a lot of things that you have to get done. What do you expect? What are bare minimums? And what are some of the things that this partnership and maybe other partnerships have brought to the table that have enabled you guys to succeed? Yeah, I think the speaking to the end result would be more uh, for Diana. But for us, it starts with with training, right? Omer just kind of alluded to that is the fit was good. There were some personal discussions up front, but we you know put put every partner through a vetting process to make sure that aligns. Just from a high level, I mentioned this earlier, the way we got to Elite was by standardizing on HubSpot and Sales Hub. So there's a lot of, I think there's 7,000 plus uh, agencies or partners within the ecosystem. And they've been around for a long time, but not a lot of them specialize in sales hub. They're more marketing agencies. And that's it's not a reflection on anything, but the history of HubSpot and the journey. So HubSpot's only recently launched Service Ops Hub, all these amazing product updates. So somebody, the way we think about it, your CRM is a product and it needs an owner. We intend to be that owner. Just from a deal hub rep partner's perspective, that made a lot of sense because CPQ requires sales. I mean, it wouldn't work with a marketing agency or somebody that's as proficient as we are. On the enablement side, I mentioned that Diana and the training, kind of passing it down through the team, is is the end state to be able to move that in. But it really starts with information gathering upfront, qualifying. It, my partners are essentially HubSpot reps, pre-sales um, that 
we're getting into this in a minute, but talking about go-to-market motion. So I want to make sure that upfront, those people that could potentially be qualified for deal hub usage or any other partner are the right people. And that starts with asking questions. It starts with good, thorough discovery upfront, and then looping in people like Diana on our side to help communicate and foster that along. Um, that's some of the, some of our RP, I guess, core values would be over communicating ownership. And because of that, partnerships is almost like a natural byproduct of that. We want to over-communicate. We want to own, we want to solve for the customer like HubSpot does. So again, with Deal Hub in this case, or with any other partner, that's that's kind of the route. Diana, I'll let you add to that. Yeah. And, and Rob was just talking about the pre-sales and sales motion. Um, the way that we are also understanding our partnerships is we've made the decision to go deeper with fewer. And so we have very specific set of partners that we're dedicating our time to, specifically in this case, Deal Hub. We use Deal Hub internally. Our team uses Deal Hub to, uh, in our own operations, but also we're using that experience to standardize the best practices around Deal Hub plus HubSpot, right? Because HubSpot is at the core of our service. And so we are understanding it at such a deep level that now we're able to create playbooks with best practices around Deal Hub plus, plus HubSpot. And we are able to transfer that knowledge over to the rest of our delivery team so that in the future, we're able to think about what type of professional services can we cater to uh, in terms of deal hub plus hotspot engagement. That's one part. And in terms of pre-sales and sales enablement, what I would add to is like, let's get in front of each other's teams. Let's make sure that deal hub has access to our sales team and to our delivery team to really give us a glance of who's your ICP? Who are we, you know, who are we targeting? How do we know that deal hub is a potential, um, as a potential fit for these engagements. And from our side, how do we get in front of Deal Hub's team to help them also know that we're around, that we're a partner, that we do what we do. Just in light of the earlier conversation, a lot of people don't even know what revenue operations is, right? Like if they, if we say we're rough partners, partners, what does that really mean to Deal Hub? So those are some of the things that that are taking place right now. Yeah, and you got to the, the meat of that conversation, which I, I appreciate, Diana, that's, you guys are in a unique relationship, unique, I'd say, not to the HubSpot world, more unique on the e-commerce side. So if you're e-commerce listening to this, you're typically in a scenario on the partnership side where you're enabling an agency to sell a tool that they're not going to use internally, right? Agencies don't use Shopify to run their agency website or Klaviyo to run their internal marketing campaigns, right? But HubSpot agencies... You guys all use HubSpot as your CRM, use HubSpot as your marketing automation tool. Therefore, the apps that plug into HubSpot, as long as they work for some of the processes, you guys will probably use them as well. So you look at DealHub through the lens of, would we use you first? Okay, check that box. How would we use you? Okay, now we have to build services. So one of the things Omer and I are doing right now is we're putting together uh, the service track presentation, which is a formatted presentation that we suggest partner managers do for our for our um, events. And it's really showing an agency, okay, well, here's Deal Hub and all the bells and whistles. Great. But more, here's what business you can build on top of Deal Hub. And there's a partner track involved, which is, let's get you an account, you tinker and use. Let's enable you to do that by giving you some stuff and making it logical business choice to take your time and energy to learn it. And then let's increase 
the levels of the relationship as we go, you know, one month, two months, three months, and then let's get you prepared and trusting enough to do a go-to-market. So let's definitely get into the go-to-market discussion. Um, but let's talk about your guys' experience and then we'll get Omer's feedback on what he's been up to on how the best partners have really started off with not just asking you for referrals day one, but really like giving you what you need in the timeline that you need it to become a go-to-market partner for them. Um, anything there, recent experiences, other partnerships. I don't know who to ask this to, but I imagine Diana, you're coming off mute. Let's ask you. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, that's actually a question we ask through the vetting process uh, to all partners we are engaging with. What makes a good partner for you? Right. And the answer to that for us is high collaboration. I mean, at the end of the game, partnerships are two different, two completely different entities trying to collaborate and sort of like push each other up and maybe like go up market together or whatever the case may be. And so if we have high collaboration through and through training, through pre-sales, through communication and through co-marketing, then we know that no matter what happens in these two entities and all of the variables that tend to change in both companies, we will be able to get aligned and push forward. So for us, it's as simple as the best partners for us have high collaboration. And just to give you some examples of that, DealHub has uh, given us a person to do our entire implementation process. And so through that process, which by the way, is like a three, four week process, uh, we have been able to have full access to their implementation person. Uh, they, we have a Slack channel with them where they are actively communicating with us and asking us and pushing things forward. Uh, they give us all the information that we need. They give us all the documentation that we need. And so like that level of collaboration on a weekly, if not daily basis is really what helps our go-to-market move forward, right? That's that's the the main aspect that we're looking for and what has worked really well for us. Killer. Yeah, I love the detail there. Um, definitely. So let's, let's talk, Omer, from your um, expectations, and maybe this has changed. I think you were at SciSense before, DealHub? Yep. And that yep. was enterprise-focused, uh, maybe yeah. a little different. I don't know. Yeah, different. different. Yeah, I, I manage all type of partnerships in my past from, from mid to uh, larger size partnerships. Yeah, so uh, various profiles and types, it's different. Uh, yeah, but there are, there are certain things that are very similar. Um, so I, I, I hear Diana and I'm thinking to myself, wow, I'm, I'm glad to hear that the other side thinks we've given a lot <laughs> because I always feel like, you know, uh, I probably should have done more. Uh, but there's, there's something very interesting about this dance that we call partnerships. And, you know, to your question, it's the same, whether it's a 25 people marketing agency or, or an SI or consultant that is very local going all the way up to 250,000 consultants working for one of the global SIs. And there's something similar is at the beginning of this whole dance is what it is that the other side is willing to give and who is going to bring the first fish to this meal. And there's, there's always this question, right? So I'm expecting more, but, but well, what have you done for me lately? You know, and we start to have those discussions and, and it's always like that. There is a little bit of hesitance. There's a little bit of, so we hit it. We think it's the right partnership, but is it the right partnership? So 
it's always there and no one can pretend it's not there every side in the it's like a relationship right you always have to requalify your decision to partner and ask yourself okay is this going in the right direction sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't by the way but the important part is to really to make it work every side needs to invest at the beginning every side needs to invest and show the other side and when i say the other side it's usually there is a person this person usually has a manager and this manager usually has another management and eventually there is a perception of who is that partner so you want to show everyone that this is going in the right direction and then the the what i call the the wheel of momentum is start to spin because every side has this trust trust brings more investment more investment brings more success and then we're really dancing but it's always kind of a like a, a teenager dance party where you're not sure where this is going that's a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> so like a middle school dance where everyone's kind of like on either side waiting for somebody to make the first move. No, I like that. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about that. So if you were in my shoes, uh, Robert and Anna, pick pick the person who answers this, you know, what what would you kind of advise the partner teams to do in the early days of the partnership, assuming the technology meets the needs and the product stuff is is there how much and how little and what are some of the steps that you suggest partner teams take from the lunch and learns to the first product calls to the sharing of of deals and co-selling to you know what are, what are some of the the things that you've seen happen early on and what is expected versus maybe too much yeah, I'll start on that one. Um, I mean, I think from the beginning, if, if the assumption is to partner, and then the natural first step is to create value, right? I mean, almost aggressively create value. That way, the other side has to respond. Um, there's an element of initiative that's important. For me, you know, with Diana kind of handles ISVs and looks for partners, but HubSpot for us is a partner, so I, I manage that channel. It's adding value up front. And how more so, how does value stand out among 7,000 other people that are doing the same thing, vying for the same attention, vying for the same deals that, that are trying to you know become thought leaders? Um, but yeah, so the, the marriage for us would be add value up front um, and be just transparent and communicative. And a lot of the ways that we do that are kind of with branding. Um, again, the, I alluded to this mostly as a joke, but the orange suit was one way to just stay top of mind. I think and again, Diana can definitely speak more into this, but from us, the value add for Deal Hub stood out immediately just because of we target and operationalize, first of all, only within HubSpot, but on Sales Hub. So like you can't have CPQ and Deal Hub without Sales Hub mastery. So um, that that's kind of where I stand on that add value up front. And yeah. by the way, just just talking about Rob's work with HubSpot specifically, when you have such a spread out team and Rob does a great job at this. Like he ensures that the people that are in the front line, so all you know, AEs and sales managers and et cetera, know about us. And, and that's a huge task when it comes to HubSpot. So he is doing a lot of the branding for himself to reach out to account executives and make sure that we have a good relationship with them. Even though we already are HubSpot partners, we continue to nurture those relationships with each one of the individuals at HubSpot because we know that at the end of the day, they are the ones referring clients to us and they are the ones having you know, their direct communication with us and making sure that we have the information that we need to be able to cater to those engagements. I'll add one thing, Alex, because you asked for feedback to you. 
um, that's to make those partnerships feel more internal. And Slack is a way to do that, but just over communication is a way to do that. Um, I see a lot when there's a lot of outside people or people that we aren't familiar with on calls, it goes to be more rote, more professional, more kind of scripted. Whereas the relationships built and just staying top of mind almost facilitates this informal, more internal, for lack of a better word, feel with the relationship, which again, to me, it indicates a level of trust that you nor that that you would want to get to in order for a partnership to be really solid. And so that's that's part of my responsibility. Killer. Omer, uh, comments on that and some of the things that you guys are striving for to kind of meet those needs. Oh, first of all, I want to say that we have an interesting triage here because Rev partners are partnering with HubSpot and same goes for us. So we are a partner of HubSpot as well, right? So we work with a lot of account executives in HubSpot and then we meet. We meet in those different intersections, which is wonderful. It's a partner of a partner of a partner. Your partner is my partner, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's that's also great uh, to mention because partnerships could be a more complicated structure than just one-on-one. Um, the other thing I was thinking about to, to Rob's point is how much Zoom partnerships are more challenging to me, right? So I've been in the partnership business for many years. Uh, the best partners are partners that I had a beer with. I shook their hands. We sat down together in workshops. We visited customers together. We've been to numerous events together year after year. Those are not just partnerships. Those are friendships for life. Um, a lot of the partners I have today were initiated already in the post-COVID world. A lot of them are maintained by virtual means only. And I think that I could probably say it's a different quality of partnerships. I mean, for those that I really want to nurture, I think I need to make the trip, come over, and we need to meet. And even that single point of contact face-to-face -face in Boston, in inbound, was a totally different beginning for the partnership than anything else. So I'm, you know, I'm just saying, buy me a flight tickets. I need to come over. Uh, it can't be over Zoom all the time, really. He saw a guy in an orange suit and was like, yeah, that guy. Yep. Need to talk to him. I love exactly. it. What's the color? The that gives away the, the drinking coupons, right? I remember him. Right. That was, I was the parking cone in the, in the uh, outside before and after that. So. I love it. Maybe a green suit next year. If you is green the RevOps color? If if uh, orange is now the inbound color, orange Ooh, would be. We're gonna HubSpot. have to make it. <laughs> yeah, orange is HubSpot. Green is Rev Partners. Their plans in the works. I uh, may or may not be a transformer uh, with wings. You know, some sort of Segway electric scooter. All this is on the is kind of low key right now. But uh, <laughs> just for the sake yeah, of the podcast, I... there's a preview. We yeah, can you're, you're back to the Celtics, I think. <laughs> right. You can't say too much. Okay, let's talk about go to market. We got 15 minutes left. Um, so uh, well, that was sort of the dating phase. Partner enablement needs to happen consistently and, and correctly. Um, uh, but let's talk about plans to go to market. So Deal Hub has passed the vetting process. You guys may have uh, your account set up. You should, of course, by that point. We're talking like maybe a month or two into the relationship after you've you've kind of, you know, met or at least heard about it. And um, you've got your implementation done, your team's tinkering with it. Everyone that needs to have an account has an account. And now it's okay, well, we got to roll this out to our clients. What do you need from DealHub? 
and what are some of the steps that you take internally and um, some of the initiatives that you hope to execute on to get this to be super successful. So marketing campaign, go to market, sales initiatives. Who wants to start? Diane? I, I can take it, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a few things uh, right after we, or I, I would say this is probably part of our activation plan, um, but usually what we do is, well, there's gonna be like four different steps here. So I'll, I'll try to be as brief as possible. Number one, um, once we have a, a playbook and best practices and we understand everything uh, around the, the product itself, we make sure to roll this out to our entire team in, in terms of training and having all of the possible information that they need. We then have two different um, activities that are usually done to launch our partnerships sort of like officially. So we have some sort of uh, masterclass or blog or some other, like with one of our partners, we did a, a swag collaboration uh, send out that we did for partners and inactive partners to announce the partnership itself. So this is how we create visibility around the fact that we are partners and that we're collaborating together and that's sort of phase one of going to market. So that goes out to our existing cl clients and also to uh, any like we use Crossbeam a lot for this type of collaboration. So who are your prospects that we need to reach out to that we're, that we know or that we have a network with? And so all of those pieces bringing us some visibility around the partnership. And then we really go into how do we, how do we create a process internally? One, for our sales team to spot a possible deal hub or other partner potentials. And two, how do we create a process around how our strategists, who are the main points of contact for our clients, spot the opportunity to bring up Deal Hub or any other type of partnerships? And so those processes, we actually create them through HubSpot, and we have very specific forms that need to be filled out so that we, so that we as channel managers understand if there is po possible potential or not. And then from there, it goes back to the collaboration and the communication. How do we relate it back to our partners? How do we uh, in, engage with them with that particular collaboration? If it's part of the sales process, uh, it's it's very critical that we do not break the communication because our own deals are being part of this. And so we make sure that we have meetings with discovery with the full sales process being sort of like done together and done in a very collaborative way. I mean, for, to add one thing, my answer is going to be brief, so I'll go before Omer, but there's almost a, a, a sense of being an information magnate and staying up with current events just for me, kind of on the ground floor um, and having access to more of these. It's to make sure people have an opportunity to present opportunities, which it's an interesting concept, but from a HubSpot standpoint, their product library is expanding exponentially almost by the day now. So with that, there comes an element of in, inaccurate perception of HubSpot in this case as a tool where, oh, it can't do CPQ, it, you know, that type of thing and being able to re-qualify deals that may have previously not had had opportunities like that from a, again, a Chili Piper, a deal hub, a you know, whatever source, anything like that is part of my job to say, if, if it is, if X meets this specific criteria, like HIPAA is, is a popular one for HubSpot, then now that shouldn't be a problem because we have somebody that can help overcome that and, and facilitate the sales process. So it's really early on, but that's that's part of what I see my responsibility being. Love it. Uh, I love it, by the way, the fact that you can look at technology and say, you know what, we are, we are a consulting practice. We are a, an implementation expert. 
We can get you best of breed and put together technologies that are natively integrated into giving you the best solution, Mr. Customer, because you don't have to buy everything from one platform, if you know what I mean. Um, so you can find best of breed and connect them together. And this is why exactly I think there's this whole notion of, of an app source or an app store and, and, and something that goes well together. Um, for me, when I think about the go-to-market, one of the things that is most crucial to me is that our partners will know that we are there for them. Meaning, so let's say Diana and Robert here are going to invest and they are going to have enablement. They're going to talk to the team. If someone is raising his hand saying, we have a customer here that would like to hear more or see more, I would like to make sure that they have someone there to do the demonstrations with them the following day. And if they have a pre-sale discussion or a technical discussion, they will get all the backing up of all our resources. They're becoming an extension of our company at that moment. So that's, of course, it's important in the sales stage and it's even more crucial in the implementation stage when there is a joint customer. Uh, so that's my, my accountability here for go-to-market. Other than that, I'm joining Diana with all the blessed initiatives of joint marketing. How do you make noise together? How do you come to the awareness of the existing market share that partner brings, right? So very, very interesting. And new prospects and new customers. And this is exactly the thing. We're both here enjoying the growth of Sales Hub as a platform. And the more new customers come and choose HubSpot as their CRM for sales, that brings new opportunities to, to both of our companies and we need to be there together. So I think this is this is what we, we need to do. And even I'm thinking what it is that we're doing right now, this recording is exactly part of that, right? We are here to say that we have a joint motion and we are partnering in order to grow for the mutual benefit of both companies. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. And I'm taking some notes here on some of the important nuances there related to your partnership with a product that you're using. So if you're listening and you're, you know, using your, I'm sorry, representing a, an e-commerce app that the agency partner is not going to use, um, a little bit different, but if you're listening and, you know, you, you do have a product that you're first and foremost trying to get the agency to implement internally, a couple things there, um, you may either have synergy much faster because, Robert saw the product being used with one of his sales reps from an he hired from a different organization and this the sales rep was just so in love with the product that they decided to implement it on the sales team turns out that they have a partner program and it just it's like a you know it's a lighting a fuse so to speak and it just kind of ignites super quickly because there's internal buy-in on the product someone else was an advocate coming in and they come to the partner team like, let's get going. We're ready to go. Uh, or it could also fall flat on the negative side where maybe Omer meets Robert and tries to sell him on the partnership opportunity at inbound. And Robert's open to it, likes Omer as a person. He'll, you know, let his team go ahead and tinker. And Omer provides Rev partners with a free account, maybe uh, for a time period or lifetime. And they use it, but one of Robert's internal team members is not a fan of the product. Maybe they've used it at a previous org, or maybe they just don't like it for whatever. And then you have Omer pushing the partnership and wondering what's going on. And then Robert's in this weird situation where, you know, he just wants his team to be happy with what they're using and they're not happy with the product. And in that situation, it doesn't matter how many other partners Omer has or how many G2 crowd reviews they have. It's like if, 
rev partners can't buy into the product internally, there's there's no shot at a partnership, I would assume. A, what are your comments on that, Robert? And B, do you have partners that you just maybe weren't using internally, but the partnership was so valuable for whatever reason that you still partner? Talk to me about the usage versus partnering and kind of where that line gets muddy. I mean, for me, that goes back to trust. Uh, from the ISV standpoint, that would be Diana. I think the most important thing is is really the vetting process and being able to being able to have that trust and awareness that it is the best of the best. We have vetted multiple options, and there isn't any inherent. I, I think this more for me on this, and I'm not going to speak to to our partners just because Diana has so much more visibility. But we imagine bringing someone into a deal uh, from a HubSpot side. My number one goal is that the HubSpot software deal isn't lost at all. So whether it's recommending that we DQ ourselves at the moment or not, we've done that before. It's not traditional or, or typical from a statistical standpoint, but we want we want to save that for the rep on that side every time, period. So if that involves something like that up front, great. The, the analogy was other partners have not necessarily standardized implementation partners for HubSpot that may that may specialize in sales hub as we do. They haven't necessarily standardized with HubSpot. So what happens if that, you know, if they end up doing the implementation for you know Salesforce, the curse word or you know, pipe drive, something else? With with us, that's not an option. And I assume, Diane, I'll segue to you for this, that it's the same case with us where we vetted, we understand, we trust. So I think Omer, you mentioned this earlier. Some of it's a not a not a game of chicken, but kind of like a waiting game. Like let's just add value. What are they sending? Am I doing enough for for the partner? Um, for me, it's it's the re the assurance that we're not out here pitching other product. Like we're not championing Salesforce at all or anything that that, that may cause them to lose the software deal. Yeah, and uh, Matt, one of our co-founders, always says we we eat our own dog food, right? Like we are not putting our name behind anything we don't trust and use and are comfortable with and so really it goes back to our you know like the trust that we build with our clients internally and our uh, our branding as rp what would it say about us if we were to propose a best in class product that we don't really think is best in class that's that's really just not a that's not a route we're willing to go and that's why we like i said at the beginning go deeper with fewer okay devil's advocate though devil's advocate um probably the pipe drive hubspot uh conversation is more relevant salesforce hubspot now that you guys are both selling in the same target uh, customer base uh it's less relevant but pipe drive maybe they're still gonna stay smb and you guys you do have some clients that just, you know, maybe need that sort of solution. Less about CRM, but pick your app, email, whatever, right? There's an enterprise level and then there's an SMB level. And sometimes you guys have an SMB client that requires that. Are there scenarios where um, a partner team has successfully gotten to know you guys and become an active go-to-market partner of a tool that maybe you guys aren't selling so much as it just happens to be like your second tier reference or recommendation. Is there anything like that going on? I think it's going to be, it's possible that that can happen in the future, not specifically because it's not the, it's not a good tool, but just exactly as to what you were saying, like it's just, it just caters to a different uh, market. Uh, right now we're not there. Again, we just want to focus with 
the partners that we have, that we have vetted, that we know are a good fit for us mm-hmm. um, and that we can expand to. Like our, our end game here is not to get permission out of these potential deals that we're having. Our end goal is to cater as best as possible to our clients, to build a relationship with companies that are trusted, that we trust, and uh, eventually in the future to grow so such a solid relationship that we're able to really cater those professional services to companies like Deal Hub. And so we really won't be able to do that at a massive scale. We, we were not going to be able to become experts in 30 different products. We'll be able to focus on the five that we have and really go really quite deep in our go-to-market and our collaboration together. I think, the, I think the most important thing, if you're listening to this podcast, Alex just said, the fact that you and Salesforce, HubSpot and Salesforce are now selling to the same people. I mean, I mean, that's reality now. So my, my question just kind of, you know, rhetorically would be, have you seen HubSpot lately? There's a lot of things that we can help bridge gaps and fill in, um, you know, with that. But it, to me, it's only a matter of time with, with them building so much, so many updates, but that's, that's the one question. If you're listening to this, you want to take away, come, come right. see HubSpot. Have you seen it lately? Omer, go ahead. The word from our commercials. All right. That's great. Um, listen, um, love it. I, I did want to add one thing. I cannot, I have to trust some of my partners without having to use their services. And I think vice versa happens as well. I have a lot of partners that are great partners for us that have not used our solution themselves. And, you know, that's one of the wonderful things that we have in this world is references, right? For me, for example, as Omer, how did I come to look at Rev Partners? And I said, oh my gosh, this is the fastest growing HubSpot partner. They are in elite tier. Um, they must be doing something right. I mean, someone else already vetted them for me and that someone else is HubSpot, which I trust as a company. So I say to myself, okay, I can work with these guys. They probably have to be super professional, customer obsessed. This is what I'm expecting from these type of partners. So I have to do a lot of this trusting and using the experience of other companies to provide me some references that this is the right partner for me. And I think that the same can happen also vice versa. Uh, some partners can look at the references, hear success stories from customers and realize that this is a good solution. Just to. I love it. I love it. I want to propose one thing and we can conclude final thoughts from anybody on this is with this type of solution, does it have to be power user first before partner, before go to market? What is the order there? Would you say, you know, with Rev Partners, you guys specifically, do you have to be a sold throughout the organization and we love it we're all power users and now we can talk about partnerships or no short answer no it's a balance and so as we start to grow our partnership we will continue to become or we will expand upon becoming power users but the reality is if we have that technical validation we enter the partnership and now we know that our commitment to grow as power users is there and then that is going to eventually spread out to the rest of the company okay so better if so but not 100 required right uh very cool final thoughts uh omer and then we'll go back to robert and diana um first of all i'd like to thank you it's been really fun uh spending this hour with you guys uh talking about partnerships uh, a topic that is near and dear to my heart 
always fun, never easy. Think people think it's easy, but there's a lot of art to it. And by the end of the day, everything we talked about is true. Everything is accurate. And one thing is for sure. It's all about people connecting with people and trusting them. So that's kind of the basic sauce. It will continue to be there. That's why I think it really works when we meet as people and we work together as teams. Um, and I'm looking forward to this uh, partnership with Ref Partners, growing it, uh, showing the value to more and more HubSpot customers because we can do a lot this year. So looking forward to it. Thank you. Killer. Robert, final thoughts? Besides how great of a product Hub, HubSpot is, anything else? <laughs> yeah, that was my shameless plug. My other final <laughs> thought is if you're ever on a podcast with Omer, uh, go first because it's hard to follow most of what he says um, just from a I don't want to follow that perspective. It's been fantastic. I've had fun also. Glad that, um, Alex, you reached out to invite us onto this. So I want to thank you as well. Um, but uh, the final thought is that... Uh, there's a there's a win component. So that's what that's what a lot of our expertise is in is not what to do, but when to do it. And just to follow up to that power user conversation is the intent to become one. I use this example all the time where HubSpot is Othello, right? The, the little board game. It's, it takes a minute to learn, a lifetime to master. We help with that. We help. What what can, all can I get out of HubSpot? And that's what we we help to facilitate. And if we can't, like Omer said, there's a there's a gap or there's something we pass it off to a partner. Diana. Go ahead. Yeah, well, echoing the thanks. Uh, it's been really great. <laughs> and I, I really think the takeaway here, just also echoing Almer's last thoughts, is relationships is the best path to partnership. And it's it's really such a strategic play to build partnerships that it goes for, far beyond just the commission or the referral piece. It's really all about how do you engage with these partners and what do you have for them? How are you serving them and how are they serving you? And how does that become a balance in an ongoing basis? That's sort of the takeaway for me. Killer quote. I like that. Relationship is the best path to partnership. So I think a lot of us forget that. The word partnership. Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It stems, <laughs> it stems from relationship. Yeah. We like to say the people are your partners. Uh, it's, it's kind of on the same token. It's like, we, we got to remember as partnership people that there are people behind it and there's a relationships behind that. And you can't jump ahead of anything. Yeah. You always have to do everything in the right, right order or else, um, you'll fall on your face. Cool guys. This has been fun and funny and exciting. And I think we got a lot of great information, especially for those, uh, looking for a persona like Rev Partners um, and other agencies that listen to this that are similar to Rev Partners or want to be like you guys. Killer, guys. Thanks again. Omer will talk very soon. Robert, Diana, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you guys online. Thank, Thank you so much. much.